Amen. I wonder if we can put our hands together and give God a cheer this morning. Amen. Come on, how many can say he is good? Amen. The Lord is good. Amen. You may be seated today. Man, I'm so glad somebody's happy. That's awesome. That always works. It's good. Good to see everybody here today and those of you joining us online. Amen. We need to say a great big God bless you and um, thank you for joining us. And uh, if you have any questions or comments or prayer requests, just uh, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Um, I know that we um, uh, are very, very diligent. The office and staff are very diligent about checking email and any uh, kind of uh, online uh, comments or whatever. But amen. Can somebody just turn around, look at somebody and say, man, I'm glad you made it today. It was kind of like, you know, who wanted to be out in this stuff, but we made it, right? And, uh, you know, I think it was someone made a comment to me the other day, last just a few days ago, or was it Friday? I think you were mowing your lawn on Friday and shoveling your walk on Saturday. That's life in Pennsylvania. That's how we roll around here. That's how it works. And, uh, you know, and uh, I was kind of jealous. I had a friend in the south that was mowing their lawn already. I mean, it just, come on, give me a break. What, what is that, right? What, where's the fun in all that, right? And, uh, but yeah, so just had to kind of <clears throat> repent from jealousy a little bit right there. But you know, it was okay. It was all good. And uh, we're good to, just glad to see it. We have a really busy spring coming up and looking forward to all the, the weddings that are going to be happening this year. And there's just a lot of them. And, um, so we're excited about that. And uh, how many know marriage is a great thing, good thing? And uh, we're, we're celebrating family in this house. One of our core values is that we really love to celebrate family and children. So amen. A scripture that I was just thinking about or, or uh, kind of a phrase that the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, um, that the Bible says that great grace was upon the whole church, was upon them all. Amen. Aren't you glad for God's grace? Amen. God's great grace. But the Bible says when they got together and they came together, great grace was on them. And that means great favor, great power, great authority as you see it. And great, I just feel like good times, great times together, great grace was upon them. And so we just really want to pray, Lord, let your great grace be upon us as we come together as believers today. We move forward in the mission of Jesus and the earth. Come on, amen. How many know everybody's got a part, right? Everybody's got a part to play. And so as long as we're moving together in the vision of God and the mission of the Lord, I believe that great grace is upon the church. Amen. How many can use God's strength today? I could use, amen, a lot of God's strength today. Amen. Just wanted to share uh, out of Nehemiah chapter 8, just something that the Lord dropped in my heart this week and uh, for you. And I want to entitle this message, 810 Power Supply, 810 Power Supply. And I'm not electron, uh, you know, into electronics so much or uh, anything like that. Uh, my son's doing the engineering and I'm not doing that, but it has nothing to do with any kind of power supply. But it's the spiritual power supply uh, found in Nehemiah chapter 8. Amen. We just also wanted to just throw out today and say this, that uh, really if you're struggling in your body with sickness and you know somebody maybe in your family that's struggling with sickness, I'm going to believe that we serve a God that heals. Amen. A God that heals. And so today our prayer is that you really, really kind of discover the healing of the Lord and that God really pours out His healing power on you in your life today, wherever you're sick. Um, and whoever's sick in your house or wherever, uh, maybe you're here today and you're not feeling the best or something's going seriously going on in your body, we know that our God is a healer. Amen? Jesus is the healer. Amen? He is the great physician. And I'm so thankful that Jesus showed us, amen, while he was on the earth, that our God loves to heal. He loves to heal. Amen? And so we're, we're believing God for that today. 
and standing with you. I believe that today the church needs to be strong. I believe that we're living in a day that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to be strong. How many believe that? In order for the church to be strong, then people have to be strong because we are the church. And so we have to be strong as believers. And so uh, I believe that there's so many scriptures in the Bible that really confirm this to us, that God wants us to be strong. No matter what we're going through, what, what uh, age we're living in, what decade or what century, uh, what's going on in our world. How many know God wants His church to be strong? Amen. And He's made a way for us to be strong. And I believe that Christians need to be really strong in this day, in this hour. Amen. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 9 and 11, I'm just going to just kind of take a little piece, a nugget of truth out of this tremendous scripture. And really it's just this whole passage and this whole time of Nehemiah. And, and maybe in late spring or sometime I'll be able to share a little bit more from Nehemiah. Great principles about church and about the church and about um, everything from church government to church life, to the function of the church, the purpose of the church, the attitude of the church, the spirit, and, and there's so many great principles. But I just want to take a little bit nugget of truth this morning and uh, read from Nehemiah chapter 8. And starting in verse uh, 9, the Bible says, And then Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God, <clears throat> and do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. Then Ezra said to them, Go your way, eat the rich festival food, or eat, and he said, Drink the sweet drink, and send portions to him who doesn't have anything, or uh, help those who don't have anything, or nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord, and do not be worried, for the joy of the Lord is your strength and your stronghold. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be stilled, for the day is holy, do not be worried. Someone said uh, years ago, I heard this, that life is about 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. How many believe that? But how many stand on the scripture today that the joy of the Lord is my strength? Amen. And I, I've quoted that so many times, and, and especially in the last, to myself in the last couple of years, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. And I believe, as the Bible teaches us, that we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Thank God that you can come to church and that you can hear the word and that someone preaches or you, you can get on YouTube and, and just hours of, of teaching and powerful teaching and sermons and be encouraged in the Lord. But the Bible says that there is this, this element of we need to be encouraging ourselves in the Lord. How many know nobody can really do a lot of things for you? You've got to do it yourself. Amen. And so when we uncover encouraging, we've got to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Amen. And that's not just for today, is it? Right? When the Bible says encourage yourself in the Lord, that's not just for today, is it? That's for tomorrow. That's for next week. That's for next year. That's for the months to come. Encouraging yourself in the Lord. Someone said, well, I'm good. Brother Matt, I don't need it today. Even if you're good and you don't think you need it, how many know you need to encourage yourself in the Lord? Because there's a lot of things that come our way that's our reaction that really makes the difference. And we see this scripture here that this was their response and the reaction to the Lord. But one of the things I just want to encourage you, as the Bible also teaches us, is that it teaches us to run to the battle. <laughs> It doesn't teach us to run away. It teaches us to run. How many know David ran to meet the giant? That's what the Bible said. We don't run from battle. We run to it. We don't run from the storm. We run into it. 
<laughs> Amen. We, as Christians, we, we face our fears. We face our pain. We face the, these, uh, these weaknesses in our lives. The Bible teaches us that we face these things head on and we can get victory. Amen. How many know God doesn't want to just take you over something? He wants to take you through. Amen. And so he's going to get you through that. And one of the things I thought about is, is in the scriptures, all the men and women of faith that are examples of how God really took them through some things. Uh, Abraham faced the sacrifice. You know, Noah faced the flood. Moses faced Pharaoh. Esther faced the king. David faced the giant. Come on, Daniel faced the lions. Elijah faced the criticism. Jehoshaphat faced the army. Gideon faced the odds. Josiah faced the past. Mary even had to face the promise and Jesus faced the cross. But aren't you glad that, amen, God doesn't want you to run from something. He wants you to run to it, amen. Because He's going to get the victory. He's going to see you through that. He's going to, amen, be the one that says, I'm the one that brought you out. Amen. I'm the one that brought you through. I'm the one that was with you through that storm. That's why the Lord wants us to face it. Amen. And I believe today we're seeing so many, uh, even in families, one of the things we just, people don't like it, they run. They leave. They just quit. They just give up so easily. But how many know we're not people that give up quickly? We're not people that just throw in the towel right away. We're not people that just say, I quit. Come on, right away. Come on. The Bible says we're people of faith. We hold on. We hold on with strength because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? No matter what we're going through and where we're at in life, the joy of the Lord can be our strength. Let me just go into the scripture and give you a quick background of this, this whole account. In Nehemiah chapter 8, they found themselves in this place that they were coming out of captivity for many years they were in Babylon, they were in captivity, and they were coming out, back out, little at a time, the Bible says. And they began to go back to Jerusalem, which was laid in waste. And, and uh, there was no, for all those years, there was no farming, there was no building, and everything had, uh, in fact, when they came out, the, the army had destroyed and, and made, laid waste of, of Jerusalem. So they went back, and there was just this ruins, and so they had, they had to rebuild, and they said, we, this is a day of restoration. We've got to rebuild Jerusalem, and so there was this time of, of coming out and rebuilding the city and defending the promise of God. Uh, you'll find that, that they had to defend the promise. How many know when God gives you a promise, you've got to defend it, amen? There's times that the devil wants to steal that from you, but you've got to defend that in Jesus' name, and that's what they found themselves in. And one of the things that happened, if you read this, in fact, this is where we picked up the story that Nehemiah and Ezra really had the strength of the Lord on them. They really they saw the, the problems. They saw the circumstance. They saw and heard the criticism, right? They saw the odds that were stacked against them. But they did something amazing. They got up one day and they said, you know what? We, we, we're not here alone. We've got the Word of God with us. We've got the promise of God. And they began to read the, the, the Word and, and revival kind of broke out among them. And, and they began to really just say, you know what? We can do this. How many know when you read God's Word, there's hope, right? And so they began to read God's Word and, and they were reading it. It was amazing, amazing things that began to happen. And, but also something else happened. There was a mix of emotions. There was great sadness as well and a tremendous anxiety. They, they found themselves in a place that, uh, you know, some people were discouraged because of what was and other people were encouraged by what could be. And so they found themselves and some people were like, yeah, we can do it. And other people were like, we're in a bunch of trouble. Like, like, this isn't what it used to be. Like, what is God going to do with us? Amen? How many of you have been in that spot? Amen? You've just kind of felt, you know, just kind of this, this worry and this anxiety. 
and almost this depression and discouragement. And that's what they found themselves in, in this place. A lot of people were. And the Bible said that Nehemiah said, this is a sacred day. He declared that this was a sacred day. What does that mean? That this is, this is God's day no matter what's going on. This is a sacred day. Amen. The Bible says that we need to rejoice. Amen. Today. And again, I say rejoice because this is the Lord's day. Amen. Right? This belongs. So he's saying this is a sacred day. And we need to, in the midst of all this emotion that we're feeling and everything that we're seeing and all the circumstances that were surrounding us, this is a sacred day. And then he continues and goes on. And at the end, he says, this is holy joy. This is joy from the Lord. This isn't just a sacred day that we need to say, you know what, no matter what's going on, God is in this. How many know we can, you can watch TV and you can watch the news and read, read all kinds of depressing things and say, God's in this. <laughs> Amen. This is, a, this is a holy thing. This is a, still a good day. Amen. How many can ever gone through a difficult situation, very painful situation, and somehow something in your heart sprung up and you said, you know what, this is still a sacred day. This is still a holy day, amen? Because this is holy joy. This is the joy of the Lord will be our strength. And one of the things I just wanted to go into just a little bit today is that what this scripture represents, so many awesome things. This is a tremendous um, scripture, Nehemiah and Ezra, tremendous truths about, you know, when, when you talk about a building program that you're going through or how to build a church or how to have a healthy church. I believe there's some really good principles here, but I just want to bring some things out about how this scripture, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Just that phrase alone reveals it's both spiritual and emotional health of the church. And I believe that God wants you to be both spiritually strong and emotionally healthy. Come on. Amen. How many know? How many know that's God? That's God. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. In that statement right there, that declaration, there is health and there is strength. There is emotion and there is character trait. There is the emotion of joy. Amen. Right? Come on. And then there is the character trait of strength. The joy that comes from the Lord is our strength. Strength. How many know the Lord wants you to be spiritually and health and emotionally healthy? Amen. That's what it's going to take in this hour. It's not going to take a dysfunctional church. Jesus isn't coming back for a broken church. He's coming back for a glorious church. Come on, that's healthy and strong. I mean, no, you can still be healthy and strong in a really bad economy, in a really uh, evil system. You can still be healthy and strong. You can still have joy and strength no matter where we're at and what's going on in our nation or what's going on in the church. The Lord wants us to be spiritually strong and emotionally healthy. I believe that's, I believe that's the Lord. And I saw this and I really loved that because it really meant something to me. I felt, felt like, Lord, you know, this, this is where you want me to be. This is where the Holy Spirit is leading me in my life is to be spiritually strong and emotionally healthy. Amen. That, that's true. Amen. Now, now, one of the things you got to understand is that you cannot, you cannot separate, you cannot disconnect spiritual strength from emotional health. I think a lot of people in the church, we, we emphasize and concentrate on spiritual strength, but yet we're emotionally broken. 
How many know you can, you can do that, right? Just because you're spiritual doesn't mean you're effective. And so one of the things that the Lord leads us to as he's leading the church here in Nehemiah's day is that we want, you know, he was saying, I want you to be spiritually strong, but I need you to be healthy. I need you to be emotionally healthy because what you've got to do and what you're going through and what you're going to face, you've got to be strong. I mean, the Lord wants us to be strong. And many times we look at that as like, if I just, I've got to fast this many days, I've got to pray these many hours, I've got to read these many scriptures. That's good. And those are great activities that build spiritual strength, but they don't bring emotional completeness. Amen. Right? I mean, it's just, that, that's kind of where we're at. And so one of the things we have to understand is that emotional health and spiritual maturity are inseparable. You, you just can't separate it. I think a lot of times when people want to separate that. Well, you just need to focus on being spiritually strong. That's, that's what David was. He was No, David, when he faced the Goliath, the giant, any Bible character you want to say, God had to do a work in them that they were emotionally strong too. Amen? And they were spiritually strong. I, I like what one guy said. He said that I've been a Christian for 22 years, but instead of being a 22-year-old Christian, I've been a one-year-old Christian 22 times. Because I keep going over the same thing over and over and over again, and I'm not really growing up. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you can be a Christian for, uh, you know, a one-year Christian 30 times. <laughs> Amen? And not necessarily a mature Christian. God wants you to be both. He wants you to be spiritually healthy or, and, and emotionally healthy. And I think this is what we, when we say the joy of the Lord is my strength, a lot of people think... Okay, well, I've got to work it up. I've got to work the joy up. I've got to put a smile on my face. I've got to talk positive. I've got to put all these scriptures and, and all these memes up. And, and I've got to post everything positive and good and rainbows and glitter. And, and we're all good, right? That's not what the Bible is talking about here. When it's talking about the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I believe that God is looking for a church right now in this generation that is spiritually strong and emotionally healthy. Amen. And how many know when, when, you, when you, we begin to get off track of God's plan and God's word, we become emotionally broken. There's just, when we begin to compromise the truth of God's word, when we begin to kind of muddy the doctrines of Jesus, how many know we don't just lack spiritual strength, we lack emotional health. There's something unhealthy about that. There's something broken about that. Then you won't be able to minister to people correctly. Amen. Can anybody say amen? You know what I'm saying? In other words, I believe that if we're spiritually strong, emotionally healthy as a church, then we can bring the people come in, we can bring them to a place of health. How many know that's God's will? I mean, no, you don't bring somebody who's broken into a broken body, into a broken family, into a broken, and then expect them to be okay. Amen? Broken people create more broken people. But healed people and healthy people create more healed and healthy people. Amen. That's discipleship. And so emotional health, and, and this is what he's saying, and it's just inseparable. And it's, it's really not possible to be spiritually mature while staying emotionally immature. You just can't do it. It's, it's, it's just impossible. And so I, I feel like this is a couple principles that the Bible brings out here and, and Nehemiah is getting, trying to convey to the church there is really that, that most Christians, one of the things I, I begin to realize is that most Christians believe that they don't have permission to admit, amen, their condition before the Lord. We feel we got to come before the Lord and put on a show and say, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really struggling. I'm not really, you know, I'm, I'm just, I have faith. I have faith. No, I can't say that. No. How many know we have permission to admit we're struggling? Yes. 
We, the Bible says that with boldness we come before the throne of grace. To what? Ask for, we need mercy. <laughs> we need grace. We need mercy. We, Lord, we need you. We, we're broken. We're undone. Amen. I, I got weaknesses. I've got issues, Lord. And, and a lot of Christians, I don't believe that they feel that they have permission from the Lord to admit their feelings and, and express some things openly. Right? I just don't believe that. I've, I've been with some Christians and, 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 hey, what's going on? I see there's some things going on in your life. Well, praise God, I'm strong in the Lord. Power is might. You know, put on the whole armor of God. That's what I'm doing today. Now, let's talk about what's really going on. How many know it's okay to say, Lord, I need you. I'm broken. I'm weak. Amen. I need you. I can't do this. I can't do this. Life is driving me nuts and crazy. I can't do this. I need your strength. And we come into a place like this. We come to a church and we try to put on a really good show sometimes that, you know, I don't have any issues and, and I just walk by faith and I'm, I'm a strong Christian. Now, how many know we need each other? We need to be genuine. We need to be transparent because we need each other, right, to strengthen each other. And it's okay to say before the Lord, look, I can't do this. That's one of the things you see in the book of Nehemiah. The Lord doesn't rebuke the people of God. He brings, he brings a, a solution. He brings an aid to them. said, look, don't be wor worried. Don't freak out. Stop panicking. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's turn to the scriptures. Let, let's look at what God says about where we're at and where we're going. Amen? How I many you know that's, that's God's way? He didn't rebuke him and say, you guys need to just stop it right now and just put on a, on a happy face and we're going to sing regardless. I mean, how I many know? He said, look, I see the struggle. Jesus said, I see the struggle, but don't let your hearts be overtaken by it. Don't let, that's the key, isn't it? Don't let your hearts be overtaken by fear and anxiety and discouragement. That, isn't, that, isn't that the key? Amen. How many know we, we feel these things, we express these things, but we don't live by these things? We don't allow these things to dictate where we're going, amen, and what's going to be the outcome. Just like the book of Nehemiah here. I mean, and you'll see and you read later that, man, they began to build the walls. And they began to uh, win victory after victory over the enemy. And, and God began to work in their day because they said, Lord, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. In fact, to, to minimize uh, or deny what we feel sometimes when we're going through things is really a distortion of what it really means to be in the image of God. You know, if you're going to deny and minimize what you're feeling and going through sometimes, you know, it really does. It, it kind of distorts uh, what God means about being in the image of God. How many know we have a God that feels? We have a God that, that senses things and goes, right? And He's made us that way. And He's made us emotional. He's made us those. We go through things. But I think that, that by saying the joy of the Lord is our strength, we're not faking it. We're not putting on a show. We're not denying anything. We're just saying, Lord, I know where my joy comes from. Certainly doesn't come from my, my, my circumstance. Certainly doesn't come from, from man or human, human uh, spirit. It comes from you. My, my joy, my joy is, my, is your strength. Come on. So that's what the joy of the Lord is. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, I like what Paul writes here. And he said, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Not H-O-L-Y. He's saying W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy, completely. That the peace of God sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless into the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Later on, he writes, he says that we are complete in Christ. We are complete in Him. Amen. How many know the Bible says, makes it clear that we love God with our heart, our mind, and our soul? Is that right? Everything within us. 
And, and, and then he goes on and he writes in Timothy, he writes to Timothy and said to Timothy that the Lord did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. How many know? Amen. That's, that's the way the Lord works in our lives. He wants us to be spiritually strong and emotionally healthy. He wants us to come to the place that we say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. And that's not trying to work it up. That's not trying to, to fake it. That's, that's receiving the joy that comes from the Lord. Amen. And we go through difficult situations and circumstances. How many know we, we can't focus on our issue, can't focus on the present uh, circumstance because we'll get discouraged, right? But when we focus on the Lord and meditate on His Word, there's something that happens. We begin to see something different. We begin to feel different or think different. We begin to see another perspective. Amen. And I thank the Lord that even when Jesus was on the earth and He said, don't let your hearts be troubled, what was He saying? He was saying, look at it from a different point of view. Look at it from God's point of view, from God's Word. I mean, you know, when we go through things, we don't look at it from our point of view. We need to look at it from God's point of view. Right? Which is God's word. And so that's what we see in Nehemiah chapter 8. And so I believe that this is where the Holy Spirit leads us. The Holy Spirit kind of leads us to be spiritually fit. He leads us into this, this place of being emotionally healthy. And I feel like so many times we need this in our life. We need this kind of talk like this morning that we say it's okay that we, we are struggling with some things and we're going through things. But what we're also going to turn around and say is that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. And so we recognize what's going on, but we also recognize something greater, which is the joy of the Lord. Amen. And that's our strength. And so many people, again, want to concentrate on being spiritually strong, and that spiritual strength, and that being spiritually strong. And, you know, I just, again, just have to reiterate this, that it's that emotional and mental health that it... Really, let's put it this way. It's not self-love or self-indulgence. So many times we preach it and we talk about it like, man, if, if you, if you want to uh, you know, try to work on being healthy emotionally, man, that's just self-indulgence. It's just focusing on yourself too much. How I many you know you're focusing on God's creation? You're focusing on what's necessary. <laughs> Amen. And so it's important that we understand that, um, that selfishness is dysfunctional. It really is. But God doesn't ever lead us to dysfunction, does He? He doesn't ever lead us to, to selfishness. And so when, when the Lord wants us to, to really work on these things in our lives and the Holy Spirit deals with us about some things, when we go through difficult situations and circumstances, this is where the Lord's leading us, to be emotionally and mentally, spiritually strong. Man, this is where we'll be able to, to go through things and a lot of uh, circumstances that we'll be able to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be functional in this. I mean, you know, people go through things and the way they handle it, man, it's just dysfunctional. You know, they're, 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 you know, just screaming scriptures and they're yelling at people on Facebook and, you know, I've got the victory no matter what. And, and how many know there's just some things that are just completely dysfunctional, right? Some way that we handle things are completely dysfunctional. And I do believe that uh, one of the things I've seen in, in my own life and also the lives of so many other wonderful people is that there is a place for me time. <laughs> you know, we always kind of like, well, you know, God doesn't want you to focus on yourself. Listen, sometimes you need to focus on and be self-aware and kind of do a little self-maintenance. Amen. And meditate on God's word and take a few moments and think about what you're going to say. Come on, think about how you can process the pain the rejection or whatever you're going through, the financial crisis you're going through instead of doing this knee-jerk reaction, right? 
God wants you to do that. He wants you to process some things. And so I believe that there's, there's that balance between that, you know, what God wants to do, that self-maintenance, and, and, and really where God wants us to be and focusing ourselves. So I wanted to throw that out because really when you're emotionally healthy, you can be spiritually strong. And I feel like that's where the Lord leads us. The Lord really wants us. And that whole phrase right there, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy that comes from the Lord, not my joy, His joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. For many times, many years, we've, we've always said this. Um, we, we wouldn't even say this in church. We didn't want to say how many are happy today or uh, how many are happy in Jesus. I heard some people say, well, we're, it's not about happiness because happiness is all about happenings in your life and happenstance. It's about joy. I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> joy is happiness. I mean, how many know when you're happy, that's joy? That's not, that's not joy, brother. No, that's joy. Happiness is joy. <laughs> and there's, there's strength in happiness. Come on, when you're happy, you're strong, right? There's just strength about it. So I get what you're trying to say. We live by faith, but some people are like, I got the joy of the Lord right now. Really? Wow. Okay, do you feel strength right now? You know, besides twisting somebody's neck off? I mean, you know, that kind of strength. And that's not the strength the Lord's talking about. But there's, there's strength there. You know, when there's the joy of the Lord that's in your heart, there's a strength that says, you know what? I can get through this. It's going to be all right, honey. We can get through this. We're going to work through this. How I many you know that's, that's the joy of the Lord? The joy of the Lord is that strength that helps you say, you know what? I've got hope for tomorrow. I believe it's going to be all right. I believe that the joy of the Lord is kind of, sometimes is a really quiet strength. Not necessarily, you know, our perception, our idea of people that are joy, you're hyper, you're running around, you're laughing, you're making jokes. That, that's great. That's happiness. But how many know there's a quiet strength that comes with joy? There's sometimes that people, they're just a very joyful people that aren't bouncing off the walls and, you know, like, you know, like they just, you know, drank like a whole case of energy drinks. You know, I mean, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there's a quiet strength. How I many know you can go through a terrible situation and have joy? Anybody? Come on, you can have the joy of the Lord because it's not always like, you know, I'm making jokes about it. No, it, it's just that there's a quiet strength that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Look what they had to deal with in Nehemiah. They had anxiety, they had sadness, they had depression, they had all these things. And in the midst of it, he said, the joy of the Lord will be our strength. That's how we're going to get through this. That's how we're going to be able to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And so, yeah, there is an energy and there's a happiness and there is this, this smile and this laughing. And this, but it's not always that way. Because we, we have this perception that if I'm not smiling, then I don't have joy. Or if I'm not laughing about something or making jokes about something, then I really don't have joy. But how many know joy is that quiet strength sometimes? Amen? Amen? But how many know like worship helps us really release, amen, and really express joy? Really helps us express our happiness and really helps us. You know, there's something about when you begin to worship and the music begins to play or you're at home or you put music on or just by yourself without music. You know, there's just something about it. At first, it might be just a little bit, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, joy begins to come. You begin to really feel happy and good and excited and, and, and energy, right? Come on, because why? There's joy there. And when we begin to worship God and focus on the Lord and His joy, there's strength there. Amen. Because it's not generated from a human being. It's not the joy of the Lord. You ever think about that? I thought about, well, I just need to, let's see, I need to read scriptures about joy and then, okay, I need to quote that out loud. No, it's the joy that comes from the Lord. 
So that means that it's generated from Him. And anything that's created by God or generated by God gives you God results. And that's why they could say the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because in my, but our own selves, we can't do this. And our own selves, we are not going to get through this all right. But we need strength to do this. And the joy of the Lord gives us that strength. It's not generated from a human heart or human spirit necessarily. And it's not sustained by humans or anybody, an outside source. It's by the Lord. I said it's by the Lord. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's by the Lord. And I, I'm not, again, I, I feel like, you know, people say, well, if I don't, if I'm not laughing or, or making, a, you know, being, you know, kind of hyperactive about something that I don't have joy. That's not true. That's not true. You can go through difficult circumstances with joy in your heart. Amen. See that anything, again, that is generated by the Lord has God results. And I love that about the Lord. Amen. And so when we begin to think about these things and we begin to, um, you know, define and, and our perception of these things, it's not necessarily the way that we describe it or we want it to be, but it's the joy of the Lord. And that's why I just say there's times where I'm just like, Lord, you know, I, I, I don't know how I did this or I don't know how I can do this, but I need your joy. I need you to take over. I need you to help me with this. Come on, somebody. And the Bible says that's where the joy of the Lord kicks in. Amen. So let me just finish with this part and that there's two elements of joy that we see in the scriptures. There's faith and there's hope. There's faith and hope. When there's the joy of the Lord, we talk about that um, and we'll talk about this some other time. There's faith and there's hope. How many know the Bible says now abides faith, love and hope and hope and love, but the greatest is love. And so these are the things that, that generate. So joy is there and there's faith and hope. When I have faith in the Lord, I can have the joy of the Lord. When I have hope in the scriptures and what God said and what God has for my family, when I hope in that, I can have joy. How I many know that that's what brings joy? Amen? When you have faith and hope. But let me just throw this out as well on the flip side of that is that anger and frustration suffocate joy. When you get angry about something, you're just constantly frustrated about it, there's not going to be joy there. It's just going to be hard to find the joy of the Lord. They could have done that in Nehemiah. They could have been very frustrated. Why would the Lord allow us to be in captivity so long? Why would He allow Jerusalem to go to decay? Why would He force us to rebuild the city? He could have done it. Why, why did He do these things? You see what I'm saying? And they could have been really angry and frustrated about the process of God and, and the things that they want, went through. But instead, they decided to say, you know what? The joy of the Lord is our strength. I believe that God had was going to turn this around for good. I believe that, that no matter what I'm going through, the Lord is going to turn it around for His good. Come on, somebody. Amen. Right? Is that right? So when we have faith and we have hope, there is joy there. That's where the joy of the Lord begins to grow. But when there's anger and frustration, it will suffocate the joy of the Lord every time. Every time. So that's why you don't allow yourself to stay in those rooms, to linger in those times of anger and frustration. The Bible says that the anger of man does not fulfill the righteousness of God. It doesn't lead to good things. Amen. And so we looked at joy, but in just wrapping up, looking at strength. The Bible says that we go from strength to strength. Is that right? What did he say in, in Joshua declared to, to the, the children of Israel when they went over to the promised land? Be strong and of good courage. Amen. What did Jesus say? He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Take courage. I'm going away, but I'm sending the Holy Ghost. Amen. In my place, take courage. You're going to get through this. Amen. You can, you can do this thing. 
And one of the things I, I feel like you, know, you discover when you read, especially the writings of Paul, you realize that the new life in Christ Jesus is not defined by myself. It doesn't evolve. The new life in Jesus doesn't evolve. I, doesn't, I don't make it up. I don't create it. I don't say, well, my new life in Christ is now I don't swear. I mean, no, that's not what we do. The life in Christ is already defined. What we do is we walk in it. We discover it. Come on, the water is a baptism. And we say, now I have new life, and I begin to walk in newness of life. Is that what the Bible says? We walk in that. We don't, it's already created in Christ Jesus. It's already been perfected. It's already established. It's in Christ Jesus. But one of the things you have to realize when the Bible says that old things are passed away, behold, everything is new, that doesn't necessarily mean that your past or some of your character issues are all, have gone away. <laughs> You, you still struggle with those things. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. Is that right? That's why we need the power of God. That's why we need the Word of God in our lives. Because we're, we're moving from strength to strength. Amen. Some of you can look back on your life and you said, you know what? When I, I'm definitely stronger in one area or a couple areas than when I first believed. <laughs> How many can lift your hand to heaven and said, man, God's really brought me through a lot of things. And I'm stronger than I was in a lot of ways. Is that right? Why? Because we're moving from strength to strength. We're going from glory to glory, from faith to faith, the Bible says. That's the strength of the Lord. Amen. And so that's the pro progression of the Lord, and that's where the Holy Ghost leads us. He leads us into this spiritual strength, but also this emotional health that we can be mature in the Lord. I believe that that's what the world needs. I believe that the world without God needs to see a church that's spiritually strong and emotionally healthy. Amen. We don't have issues that we hate each other and we talk bad about each other, that we don't love one another, that we don't care for each other. Come on, that we don't know how to deal with our issues and our problems. And, and come on, that we're running from reality. We're running from our problems. How many know the world needs to see a people that are strong in the Lord and the power of his might, that the joy of the Lord is their strength? One of the things I love that Paul brings out is that strength and weakness to God, he can use them both. I mean, many times we want everything. Everything today has to be strong. We want a, you know, a strong core, financial strength. We want all these things, right? But how many know, we, and we, the last thing we want to talk about is our weakness. The last thing we want to deal with is our weaknesses. But Paul said something amazing. He said that even in my weakness, he is made strong. God said, you know what, You're, you see these things, Lord. You see all my frailty. You see all David said that. You see my weakness. You see my shortcomings. And yet, Lord, you're still working in my life. And yet you're still doing amazing things in my life. Come on, somebody. Amen. The Lord doesn't say, hey, ignore the weaknesses and only focus on the strength. No. He says, bring your weaknesses and I'll make them strengths. Amen. And so that's what God uses both of them. I love that. God uses both our strength and our weaknesses. And so our daily relationship with the Lord is so important because it's through His Word that we get strength. It's through His Word that we get healthy. Amen? It's through His Word that we get mature in the Lord that we can go through these things. And, and the thing I wanted to throw out, especially for those who are new in the Lord and, and just really st stepping, uh, taking those baby steps in the Lord, is it takes time and practice. That's really what it does in the Lord. How many know it just takes time and practice sometimes? Sometimes you just need to keep going through something or go through things and it takes time. It takes, takes time and practice that we go through these things. And so many people want to pursue ministry and, and they want to get involved in ministering and helping people, mentoring and, and all these things and they're not healthy themselves. 
How many, how many have ever met somebody like that? You know, they just, you know, God really saved them and they, they were alcoholics and God delivered them and they don't want to drink anymore and they, they feel like, man, I'm so delivered. Now I want to go out and help everybody. How many know they need to get a little spiritually strong and a little emotionally healthy before they go helping other people? Amen. I've seen it a hundred times. People come in, now I'm strong. I want to help other people. But how many know it takes time and practice? It just takes time and practice, doesn't it? And so the Lord wants us to, to know that He's working in us, both to will and to do of His pleasure, so that He can lead us to this place of being spiritually strong and emotionally healthy, that we can say, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to say that, like I said in Nehemiah chapter 8. Amen. That I am, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I love that. Let's stand on our feet today. Some keys, uh, further keys in Nehemiah chapter 8 I just want to leave with you today is that some of the things I see and some practices that, that I, I said, okay, Lord, how can I break this down for me? I believe that we see this, this secure devotion with the Lord. How many know the Lord wants you to have a secure devotion with Him, secure relationship with Him? It's a secure devotion. You need the Lord's power. You've got to have God's power working in your life. How many know you, you just can't face things alone? You've got to have God's power. Amen. We're not created to do things that way. And so it was a secure devotion that I see in Nehemiah chapter 8. Then I also see that there was healthy relationships. There was healthy relationships between the believers there in Nehemiah. Where it was, you know, and in fact in Ezra writes at one place, the people came to Ezra and said, uh, told Ezra, arise and do this thing. We're behind you. We believe in you. We're together on this thing. So it takes healthy relationships. You've got to have healthy relationships in your life and I like being around people that are stronger than me. I like being around people that have more faith than I do. That people have been through things in their life and they can speak into my life. How many love those kind of relationships? Relationships that strengthen you. Relationships that bring courage and, and encouragement. Just this morning, three people texted me before church and I said, man, thank you so much. That's so encouraging. I need that. I need that today. And you need healthy relationships. People that are going to... How many know you need the church? You need the church. We need the church, don't we? We need the church. A lot of people have been hurt by the church and really broken over some things. But how many know we need healthy relationships? You find those in Jesus Christ. But also, not just healthy relationships. One of the things I see in Nehemiah, there was strong discipleship. In other words, you need to be the church. Somebody needs to be encouraged through you. How many know that, you know, it's, it's, you know there's times we go through our lives, we need to hear encouragement. But how many times, we, we've got to encourage other people. You can't just keep just it, taking things in and, and being some, someone that just is always on intake. You've got to be on outflow too. People need to hear encouragement from you. One of the things that I, I challenged youth leaders year, years ago, our youth leaders, is that every time we came to youth group, think about who you can encourage. Think about who you can compliment. Think about who you could bless in church. How many know that would make your Sunday a little bit different? Amen. A little bit better. Amen. How many know the Bible says it's better to water others than yourself? Amen. And as you water others, you yourself will be watered. It's better to give, amen, than to receive, the Bible says. And so you need to be giving out. That's why you need healthy relationships, so you can be strong for other people. That's why you need the church, so you can build up the church. Is this all right? And, in, and that's what we need. We need strong discipleship because we need to be the church. And the fourth thing I see in Nehemiah chapter 8 is I see a clear direction. You need purpose. When, when you're not living in the purpose of the Lord and you really don't know what God has for you or the next step in the Lord 
or what you're going through, the meaning of it, and what, what, what it's all about. There's just something that you feel lost and you feel you get distracted and you get off course. But this is one of the things I see about Nehemiah. There was clear direction. And not only was there a secure devotion, healthy relationships, and strong discipleship, but there was clear direction. And I believe that that's found in what we can preach about some other time, and that is the Word of God. There was something that when they began to read the Word of God and stood in front of the people and began to read the Word of God, light and life came. I know there's something about when you're going through a dark situation, the Word of God turns the light on. How many have ever felt that hope just jump off the pages? Something just leapt and sprung in your heart and your spirit said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Like, I can do this. Lord, Lord, you're going to do this. You're going to do something amazing. I believe your word. I, I remember just going through a situation. It was just like months of it. And I remember sitting in my couch in the morning and I don't even remember the scripture, but I remember somewhere in Psalms and I'll never forget. I, I read that one verse and I stopped my morning devotion. I just shot my hands up in the air. I said, Lord, I thank you for your word. Your word brings light. Your word brings life. Amen. To my situation. And that's the definition of joy. Joy is light and life. Amen. How do know when you have joy, things just look a little bit brighter? Amen. That comes through the word of God. So allow the word of God to fuel that every day. In Nehemiah chapter 8, we see how did, or why really did they need that joy and strength? Well, because they needed the strength for what was behind them. They had to deal with what was behind them. How do we know they needed strength for what was in front of them? And they needed strength for what was before them. And so I feel like that's important for us today is that we need the joy of the Lord. That's our strength because we need to deal with things that are behind us, in front of us, and ahead of us. Amen? And one of the things that we realize is that it's through the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives that we, we discover this, what we call 810 power. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 810. This internal generator of power. How many know the Lord's put this internal generator inside of you? The joy of the Lord being your strength. So today, I want to tap into that. I want to say, Lord, I want to tap into that generator. I need to get that thing going today. Amen. Come on, I've got a lot of things to discourage me, to depress me, to make me anxious today. But I want to get the generator that's on the inside. Amen. The Lord going today. Amen. So I'm going to get in your word. I'm going to begin to talk faith. I'm going to begin to see things different. I'm going to hope in you. And I'm going to let the joy of the Lord be my strength today. How many can say, amen, as they did in the book of Nehemiah, amen, the joy of the Lord is my strength today. How many can declare that in your situation? His joy, not mine. His joy is my strength today. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for the joy that comes from you. Lord, that really that deep, eternal, lasting joy. We thank you that, Lord, there is happiness and there is, Lord, laughter in you, but there's also this calm, Lord, reassurance that you're with us, that we can make it, that you're going to do this, that, Lord, everything is going to work out for the good of those that love you. Lord, I thank you today that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Let it be our strength today. We, we want to be a people that are emotionally and spiritually strong. We want to be healthy people so that when we minister to other people who are broken, we can bring them to a place and lead them to a place of health in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the new life that's in Jesus that makes us whole, body, soul, and spirit today. I give you all the praise and all the glory for all that you're doing, all that you're about to do through this congregation in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. If you need prayer today, 
If there's any need in your life, we'd love to pray with you, love to talk with you, love on you a little bit. Right down here in the front, some people are going to be praying.